If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. The story of Lars Middink is one that's baffled investigators for years. The last time he was ever seen, he was caught on camera. But instead of this helping, it only added confusion to his story. Since then, Lars has gone on to become the internet's most famous missing person, as the security camera that caught his last known whereabouts was in an airport and received several million views on YouTube due to the strange events that it witnessed. My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Hey, that was a good open. That actually was. That was me. That was you. Okay, well, now here's me. Can I do better? I feel like there's pressure on now. You always do better. Yours was more satisfying. Mine was a little bit too quick. It was a little premature. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> I'm actually drinking a, what is this? It's a semi-sweet apple cider. It's delicious. Oh, nice. Mm. I'm, I'm drinking some Steamworks from Vancouver. So um, do me a favor. Turn your head and look outside. See those yellow leaves? Yeah, we don't have to talk about it. Oh, we do have to talk about it. No. Fall is on its way it really is. It is. I don't know if you guys like where you're listening from or whatever. If you can look outside and see yellow leaves right now, it's starting here. It's mm-hmm. not on our trees yet, but the underbrush. Yeah. Like the little willows and bushes and stuff. They're starting to turn a little yellow. Well, I went on a paddleboard excursion thing. Adventure. Today. Adventure. Like it was wild. And um, Yeah, it felt like fall. It literally, because it was kind of cold, like it was maybe what, like 18 degrees today, Celsius. And um, yeah, make sure you say Celsius. Yeah. And it felt like we commented out, it felt like it was fall. Yeah. Um, While you were out paddleboarding doing an epic adventure, guess what I was doing? Working. I was doing a little bit of research, not only to finish off this episode, but I was looking at some other true crime cases that I want to cover in the future. Oh. Okay. And I went down this rabbit hole on the murderer 
in history who has the highest kill count ever. Okay. And I found them. And I'm not saying who, I'm not saying numbers. All I'm saying is I found them and we are doing that case soon. And the number is absurd. Shoot. I feel like we have, we talked about this before. We've talked about some with some high numbers and most of them are suspected high numbers. Okay. This one is apparently recorded as such. Okay, well, we're going to have to talk about this later. No, no. You ain't getting yeah, nothing. Yeah. No. I need some more deets. No, but uh, I'll give you guys a brief hint at the number. It's over 500. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, but I'm I not going to say how much over 500 because I'm leaving it open here. Come on. I need a little bit more nope, information. Nope, nope. When the mics are off, hey? Nope, 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 nope. You get nothing. <laughs> Maybe our patrons, but not you. <laughs> wow. 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 That's how it is, eh? That's how it is. Speaking well, of patrons, we got to thank some patrons. Yes, thank. We sure do. So signing up this week over on Patreon, we have Megan Dunn. We have Courtney Burkett. We have Ashley Lay, Chelsea, and Stella Rose. They all get that epic behind-the-scenes content, get to talk to us a little bit. Um, they're actually going to be naming uh, some of our new chickens for us. Mm. Um, polls and stuff. Official naming is going to be happening tomorrow. So if you really want to get on, in on it, pay attention <laughs> to that. Um, there's been some suggestions put up so far, but it's officially happening tomorrow. Well, yeah, the fact that we've had these new little chickens for over a week and they are nameless. Is well, you've been gone for wild. a week on vacation. So yeah. I had to like wait for you to get home. Yeah. Um, but anyways, thank you so much to our patrons. Uh, thank you guys for being here and just listening to the show. We really appreciate that. With all of that out of the way, do you want to get in to today's episode? I do. Okay. Ha does the name Lars Mittank mean anything to you? Um, slightly. And I know we have chatted about this, but I recall zero information <laughs> at the moment. Okay. And I'm sure a little bit will come back to me. Okay. Okay. Well, this is over, um, over across the pond. So I do apologize about mispronouncing names. It's probably going to happen in this episode, but I will be doing my best. Mm -hmm. So to start off with Lars's name, it is Lars. I know that. Okay. His last name is Mitank. I know that. However, his middle name, I believe it's Lars Joachim Mitank. Okay. I think Joachim is how you say it. Joachim. Joe Kim, I'm not sure, but there's going to be some names, things like that, that I'm going to do my best to get this pronunciation right. You always do your best. We always do our best mm -hmm. here. We always do. Um, anyways, his life began on the 9th of February in 1986. So he was only two years our senior. Mm -hmm. So within the vibrant city of Berlin, Germany is where he was okay, born. Okay, Germany. Yep, you betcha. So his roots, however, took hold in Itzo, a town nestled in Schlitzweg Holstein in the Schlitzweg Holstein region. And this is where he spent the entirety of his formative, his formative years growing up. He established connections, cultivated relationships, and formed a foundation for his life story within this whole area. Lars even found himself employed at a local power plant, making some pretty decent money. He also began dating a beautiful woman, and they were looking at their future together as their bond continued to grow and grow and grow stronger. So he he was doing pretty good for himself in his in his younger age as he was beginning to actually get into the world and, you know, be an adult. Yeah, it actually it sounds like that. 
Yeah. Very much so. And being an adult isn't easy, which I'm sure we can all attest to. So yeah, he's doing good. He's doing good. It definitely has its, uh, its moments. Hey, (laughs) you betcha. Uh, so Lars was devoted more than to just his girlfriend though. He was a son who frequently visited his parents. Nice. He was, he was a very, very good kid. Um, particularly after his father had suffered from a stroke. So in the wake of this family ordeal, he extended his assistance, tending to needs that his parents' household might need, you know, maybe doing some lawn work. I don't know exactly the extent of his help, but I'm sure some labor around the house or helping take care of his father or something like that would be part of that. So that's what he was doing. That's awesome. Lending a hand where he could. Wow. I already feel like this guy is freaking awesome. Lars is a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Many people actually really got along with him uh, to those who actually knew Lars. Um, He was more than just an ordinary individual. He was someone who consistently liked to make others laugh. He was kind of a funny, a happy-go-lucky type guy. And he was someone who consistently played the role of a peacemaker when conversations, you know, became a little bit tense. Mm. He was always one to like step in and try and calm things down and be like, well, guys, it's all good. Like... I don't know, kind of brings me to this old proverb of like, I don't know if it's like a proverb, but like a a, a tactic for drinking in bars, which I always memorize, but I've never needed to use because I'm not much of a bar drinker. But it's um, if you ever get in like an altercation with an individual in a bar, okay, for example, say, for example, if I make eye contact with his girlfriend because I simply think she looks familiar to someone I went to elementary school with or something, whatever reason. Yeah. He's like, hey, you're looking at my girlfriend and all you have to do is just be nice. You don't need to stir up an altercation and offer to buy him a drink. Oh. Yeah. It's that easy? It's, I mean, it's that easy. I mean, it's, instead of being like, yeah, I'm looking at your girl. Can I buy you a drink? No, it's been like, oh, sorry. I, I was just dazed. Man, good on you. She's beautiful. Here, can I buy you a drink? What's your name? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that would turn it around quite a bit, right? wouldn't it? Yeah, it's like, oh, good for you, man. You like, landed yourself a good one. Can I buy you a drink? What are you up to? What's What's happening? What's your name? You know, that sort of thing. And I think he's kind of the same sort of person who would do that. He's that very much so peacemaker type individual. Well, yeah, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't necessarily do something like that. No. Like if you were accused of something like that right away, you'd probably just get pissed. I'm not you per se, but like the majority of people, right? No, it's it's better. The old proverb that I was originally actually talking about is it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Oh my gosh. Say that again. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Oh, okay. Right. So you'd rather, you'd rather know how to fight and, and not have to fight. Right. Than not know how to fight and have to fight. Jeez. Okay. That's deep. (laughs) I am like so tired right now that I feel like my brain is processing shit very slowly. So. Well, I'm dropping some bombs on you with information today. Oh, okay. Okay, so maybe it's not a great Well, I, I mean that. Like you're getting like the Oh, I see. The old Japanese proverb of the gardener and the warrior I thing. See. Yeah. No. Well, I just have to say you're describing this person quite well. Like I already feel like I know a you know, like I have a picture in my head. Well, that's here. good. Yeah. Um, well, to add to it, if I may, um, he had a slender build, slender athletic build. He had short brown hair with a little bit of frosted tips and his nice deep brown eyes to go with it. Um, Lars was also a very devoted football soccer for North American individuals. Um, he was a very devoted football fan and his favorite team was the Worden Bremen team. Okay. So as Lars was living his life and devoting a lot of his time to spend with others, the calendar eventually would roll into June of 2014. And this is when Lars is at the age of 28. 
Lars would embark on a journey to Varn, Bulgaria, accompanied by four of his closest friends. It was a vacation for some downtime and for Lars to just kind of relax and focus on himself a little bit more. He's, you know, living a life, working hard, helping take care of his parents and building a relationship with his girlfriend. Just kind of some alone downtime, hang out with the boys kind of situation. Mm -hmm. So the week long escapade was destined for the Viva Club Hotel within the, the scenic embrace of the Golden Sands Resorts, which is. Oh, Oh, sand. Oh, I think shoot. I was thinking sandals. Sorry. No, Golden okay. Sands Resort. Okay. okay. Um, this was positioned approximately 17 kilometers north of the bustling heart of Varna. Okay. Now the Golden Sands, not sandals or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, it's said to have rivaled that of the Ibiza and it was apparently captivating a lot of European tourists um, for like the whole like sunsets, the sun-kissed days, the, the beaches, the shores, and to top it all off, a lot of really cheap drinks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds lovely. Definitely. So Lars and his friends made their way there and they're having the time of their lives and making memories for years to come. Mm -hmm. Their days were filled with, of course, shenanigans, relaxation, and even football as the World Cup semifinals were currently taking place and they were being played across the screens of all the local bars and pubs in the area. So the beginning of their vacation spanned for the first five days and unfolded relatively uneventful. It was just some good moments, just fun, just relaxing, just vacation. Now, one of Lars's friends, Paul uh, Roman, recollected, to quote him directly, the week went by really fast. Mm. Kind of like a, a blink and you miss it sort of. Yeah. When you're that, having fun, that tends to happen. I feel like that's the shitty thing about vacations is your work your work week will drag on, but your vacation week or whatever, it's just gone and flash. Exactly. So and it was the same situation here. They're just having fun and it's going by so fast. You need to stop and, and kind of take it in to mm -hmm. really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Now, however, there was a pivotal shift in their vacation that occurred on the 5th of July. So on this day, Lars found himself in a bit of a disagreement with some fellow German tourists and fellow football fans. Oh. Now, as I mentioned, Lars was a supporter of the Werner Brennan team, while these other individuals were fans of the Breyer Munich team. And they didn't seem to find it too funny when Lars made light of rivalries and was changing around team flags and some of the tables in the bar. Oh, so he was just like, probably had a, a few too many drinks and just kind of playing around having fun yeah exactly but then these people weren't weren't into that no they weren't having it and i mean football fans are known worldwide to be a little bit much at times there's oh, riots okay. that break out and yeah. stuff like that so not necessarily that they all are but tensions tend to get high regarding football right uh, so the group that, you know, was the Bayern Munich fans voiced their opinions and aggravation on this practical joke that Lars had just played. Um, and things quickly escalated into a full on verbal altercation between them and Lars and his group of friends. Okay. So emotions were flaring, tempers were high, and after the heated argument had passed, they were all left with a rather thick tension lingering in the air, which... I don't think would make for the greatest of drinking atmospheres. Probably not. No. And then, especially on vacation. Well, yeah. And you had said that Lars is kind of a, a peacekeeper, right? Yes. So I can't imagine this is settling very well with him. No, I don't think so. Um, I, I think he, in this heated argument, was probably trying to like, guys, it's just a joke sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they were having any of it by the sounds of it. 
So Lars and his group of friends collectively decided that it was time for them to leave the bar and they were going to head somewhere else to grab a bite to eat before heading back to the hotel for the night. Now their chosen destination was the same choice of any other drunken mid twenties individual McDonald's. Okay. I was like, <laughs> I, I went to fast food, but I was like, is it fast food? <laughs> yeah. They chose to go to McDonald's. There you go. Um, Lars, however, he wasn't too hungry at this time. Maybe he was distraught by, you know, the mm-hmm. thought of the altercation or whatever, but he wasn't going to get anything. So he decided to wait outside the restaurant while his friends went inside to order their food. So they did just that. They went inside, they got the food, came back out and Lars was nowhere to be found. Just gone. Just gone. Now, they were a little perplexed, to say the least, but mm-hmm. they weren't immediately alarmed. I mean, after all, he's he was getting tired, too, just like they were. Maybe he didn't want to wait and he just kind of wandered back to the hotel, right? Like, they'll head there. Nah, they'll meet him there, and that's that. But still, that does seem a bit odd, right? It, like, they were hanging out the whole trip together, and then how long does it really take to be getting your McDonald's, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's 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 odd for sure, but like, well, what do you do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he probably just headed back to the hotel. So they made their way back to the hotel too. And once they arrived there at the room, Lars was wasn't not there. there. Yeah, that's what exactly what I was thinking. So they were quite concerned. Mm-hmm. But again, what do they do? It's not like you can report him missing. He's an adult. He's been out drinking. He's probably just wandering around having fun. Maybe he ran into someone and just got pulled off to a bar for another drink. Or maybe he saw on a TV another soccer game or football, sorry, football game on. (laughs) Who knows? There's a million different reasons that he could be off doing something else. Well, I feel like I would be going back to the McDonald's though because I'd kind of be like, oh shoot, like we left our friend there. Like he's probably went off somewhere but then came back and now we're not there and... Well, I think they're kind of expecting him to show up at the hotel any moment sort of thing. So they're just kind of waiting around. Yeah, they're kind of like, well, he's going to show up pretty quick and he's probably going to show up with some sort of story explaining what happened, right? right? And that's exactly what did occur. Oh, okay. Okay, good, good. So Lars, not too long later, returned back at the hotel and he had exactly that, a, a story to tell and what happened. So his account detailed an, a, another altercation. Jeez, what's up with this? With four individuals who Lars said were either Bulgarian or Russian. And they attacked him when he was alone, leaving him to endure the assault and run for his life. Oh, jeez. So as he recounted the incident to his friends, Lars told them he suspected a link between this attack and the altercation they had earlier at the bar with the group of German tourists. In fact, Lars was convinced that those guys had actually hired these four guys to follow him and assault him. Okay. So that's what he thought was going on. Well, yeah, it does seem pretty weird that there would be two altercations like this in one night. It does, for sure. So that's kind of what he's thinking. Yeah, and because I'm also kind of assuming that Lars does not have these kind of altercations regularly, right? No, not as far as I could tell. No, definitely not. Um, And I mean, his friends were quite worried about the situation too. Like he he clearly, he got beat up a bit here. He's not like busted up lip or anything like that, but he, he's, you know, he's, he's been tossed around. You could tell that, right? So despite of this, the gravity of this story that he was telling, his friends were a little bit skeptical, not, not against the assault, as I mentioned. Um, 
But the idea that someone would be hired specifically to target him, especially when they're off on vacation over a simple altercation that they had in the bar earlier that night. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a bit of a far-fetched stretch, really. Yeah, like had gone too far. Yeah. Um, so nonetheless, whether they believed him or not, they were just relieved that he was back and he's now safe. Mm -hmm. So now as for the attack, Lars was left a little bit injured. He complained of discomfort in his ear um, from a hit that he took to the side of the head. Um, and he was actually struggling to hear from that ear as well. So it was obvious he needed to do what? Go see a doctor, mm -hmm. right? So he did that. He went and got checked out. It was two days later when he went and got checked out. Um, the diagnosis was a ruptured eardrum and an injury to his jaw. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. that's like, that seems like a little bit much. Well, I think it was like he got hit right on the ear and that, ah. ear, that air pressure can actually go in and rupture an eardrum rather e easy. They're pretty weak. So if you get oh. hit just right, yeah, it can blow out your eardrum. Oh my gosh. I don't even know exactly what that means, but okay. Like, I don't know how that, how you would heal from that or anything. I'm like, not I, too sure I the healing no process either. Um, I'm sure it depends on how badly it's ruptured. Yeah. Right? Like, but, I feel like maybe it's sounding, something like that sounds worse than it actually is, but I have no idea. Now I want to Google it. <laughs> well, you'll do some Googling afterwards. I will. Yeah. Um, so the doctor did tell Lars, you know, with your ruptured eardrum, you can't be flying anywhere as the altitude and pressure change could cause for further harm to the eardrum and potentially cause irreversible damage. Okay. Yes. As soon as you said that, I was like, how on earth is like he going to fly? I, it did pop in my head here. Yeah. Because, and then I was like, oh, did they fly there? They did fly there. They but, did fly. Wow. And he can't be flying home right now. Shit. So, of course, there is a significant problem. How is he going to get home? Mm -hmm. Their flight is scheduled for the next day because they're there for a week. So it was five days in when they got attacked, and now it's been two days. So the next day is when they leave. So the doctor did also prescribe an antibiotic called Cefprozil. Um, 500 milligrams was prescribed to him to combat any potential infection. And that's what this is specifically for any sort of potential infection that could occur in the eardrum while healing. Um, so take this, it'll help prevent that. Um, he also advised that Lars um, go to the hospital and seek surgery. Surgery. Surgery for the eardrum as well. Shit. So Lars now stood at the crossroads of a critical decision. Now, first and foremost, he knew right away he wasn't going to go seek surgery. Um, but should he risk flying home with this injury? That's the second question. In solidarity, his friends right away offered to stay behind with him, but Lars refused. He didn't want to trouble them. He didn't want to make them stay behind or anything. He decided he's going to stay behind himself before he flies home. So heal up a little bit and fly home. Do we know how long that he was supposed to wait? Did it, had it said that? Well, I think it varies. Um, depending for, how he was healing? Depending on how he was healing, depending on the severity of the injury. By the sounds of it, it's only a few days wait is what would have been expected. Oh, okay. Because where they are located and by country, we're not talking like Canada, North America, where it's like crazy distances you have to go. No, it's like he could also just bus there, right? Oh, okay. So that's another option, but we will be talking about that a little bit later. Um, but anyways, Lars decided he's going to stay here alone, heal up before he flies home. So with all this uh, seasonal tourism that was going on at the time, uh, the task of securing last minute accommodations wasn't exactly easy, especially somewhere close to where he was already familiarized with by the nice, you know, hotels and all these accommodations. 
it was, you know, not fun, especially uh, when you consider its okay. extra costs on top of what well, he was yeah. expecting. I mean, the idea of like extending your vacation seems kind of awesome, but then a lot of times at the end, at the end of your vacation, kind of want to just get home, yep. and then you don't have stuff pre-booked, and, and so budgets are really a little a part bit of, of it. Disaster, yeah. So that's kind of what it was for him. He was forced to kind of go somewhere where he wasn't familiar with because he hasn't been around over in this area. He's spending it all the time over here, sort oh, okay. of thing. So low on budget, in an unknown area, he was actually forced to look at cheaper and un unfamiliar alternatives, basically. And it would be the hotel color where Lars would book his new room at. And this area, which the hotel was located, was a little more rundown and, and rough around the edges, you can say. Okay. But he could book it. He could afford it. It would have to do. Mm -hmm. So the first night solo in his hotel is where things begin to go downhill for Lars. At 10.30 p.m., he got on the phone with his mother, Sandra Mittank. Now, he seemed very shook. And very nervous when he was talking to her. And he asked her if she could cancel his credit and debit card for him because he believed they were copied when he checked into his hotel. And then he promptly hung up. Oh, geez. Okay, that's an alarming call for a parent. Yes. Ah. So throughout the night, there was multiple phone calls back and forth between them. And Sandra spoke on the phone with her son several times. She described the conversations as very odd as her son seemed extremely worried and was paranoid. Uh, he confided in his mom that he believed he was being followed by four men. He would actually even whisper in the phone as he talked to her as though he thought someone could be listening in to the conversation. Oh my gosh. Lars also asked his mom about the drug his doctor had prescribed him in a rather concerned fashion. So he's very concerned about this drug that his doctor gave him. Huh. You almost have to wonder if he got like a concussion or something. It's sort of where my head is going. Yeah? Yeah. Well, well, we will talk theories at the end here, okay. but that is a potential one for sure. Okay. Now, surveillance footage of the hotel from that night shows large, Lars very agitated, pacing restlessly throughout the lobby. He would repeatedly look out the windows over his shoulders and would disappear and reappear again and again from the elevator. At around 1 a.m., Lars ventured outside the hotel premise for about an hour where his whereabouts were completely unaccounted for before he would return to the hotel. Eventually, though, the sun would rise on the dawn of July 8th, and Lars's paranoia reached a peak. He was in desperate need to get home. His mom, Sandra, managed to secure a flight for him that afternoon, while also ensuring a contingency plan in the form of a bus ticket, as I mentioned, mm -hmm. because in case he can't fly. Right. Because it's only been... Like barely Two past, days, basically, yeah. Hardly. Yeah. It's been maybe, I don't know, maybe 36 hours, I'm going to guess, approximately at this point. Because I would assume it's probably somewhere in the afternoon when he learned it from the doctor. The next day, the whole day has passed, now we're in the morning. So maybe close to 40, I guess. Maybe. Okay. So we're about 40 hours. Um, So he's got a plane ticket and a bus ticket booked. Now, it was set... One way or another, he was going to be coming home and escaping whatever troubles that he seemed to think he was in. Now, Lars also requested his mom send him $500 to his bank account. Now, regardless of the reason, that $500 would remain in his bank account and would be untouched. He then made his way via a taxi ride to the Varna Airport. 
he shared a cab with a young woman. And during the ride, this young woman noticed that he seemed to be acting very odd and that his eyes were very dilated. Whatever was going on with Lars was clearly getting worse. Airport security cameras show Lars arriving and entering the airport, carrying a black duffel bag and the distinctive red and black backpack. He pushed through the doors and immediately headed towards the airport medical facility. Dr. Costa Kostov was the attending physician and Lars was there to get his ear checked to ensure he could actually fly. Make sure it's safe, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. So Dr. Kostov remembers the visit with Lars and his behaviors at the time. He was fidgety, nervous, and seemed to be shaking. His nerves were clearly getting the best of him. Lars was also asking about his previously prescribed medication, voicing concerns and confusion about it. Hmm. You almost have to wonder, uh, like this is another, I guess, theory I'm putting out there, is if he's having like some sort of allergic reaction to this medication or something. I, I'm going to let you voice your opinion. Go for it. But I'm not going to talk theories until the end. So okay. if you, if you want to go for it, go for it. Well, but, yeah, I have to get it out of my brain. So yeah. that's that's just something I needed to put out there. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, the two talked a bit about the medications and the doctor began taking a look at Lars's ear. Now, luckily for Lars, he received some good news. He was well enough to fly. Wow. Okay. Upon hearing the news, relief should have rushed over Lars's face, but instead a look of fear was in its place. Huh? Just then a construction worker walked into the doctor's office. And at that moment, Lars, and at the moment, Lars laid eyes on the man. He panicked. Lars stood up and screamed, quote, I don't want to die here. I have to get out of here. And he bolted out of the doctor's office. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hmm. So it's, is it like that he kind of recognized the construction worker? Maybe. Or we don't really know. Okay. Or you're just not saying right yet. Okay. So once he exited the doctor's office... He bolted down the hallway, bolted through the airport, and was seen on security footage running out of the front doors across the property and highway into a field over a two-meter-high fence, then off into the woods. Holy shit. This was the last time Lars was ever seen. Oh my gosh, hey? Yes. You almost have to feel like really fucking bad for him because some shit is going down. You betcha. And in his panic, Lars left his backpack, his duffel bag, 
All, all of, it. of his stuff. All of it. His possessions, identification, passport, all of it was left in the doctor's office. Huh. Wow. Okay. That's like very alarming for family too. Oh, you betcha. Like, I don't actually think that I could be settled with that. I mean, like he's still missing, which is so, right? Yeah. Unsettling. I'm like, we do know that, right? No, that's that's the end of the story. Now we're just into theories. That is the story of Lars. There, there's a, a couple more little tweaks at the end here after the theories. I will say that, but that is oh, the basis man. of the story. Yeah, I just don't think I would ever be able to rest uh, with that. Like that is unreal. Yep. That that happens, and then all of a sudden he's just gone. Do we not know if like this uh, construction worker person was recognizable to him? Nope. The construction worker just played dumb kind of thing. I mean, as far as we know, the construction worker, because there are some details that's, that we are going to go over in the theories here, like you talked about an allergic reaction. Mm -hmm. There is a detail that can go right along with that that we'll talk about. But as far as a construction worker goes, I could find nothing. That would show that they were aware of each other or knew no. of each other. Okay. For all we know, maybe it was paranoia and he just saw this construction worker and the construction worker is literally just that, some random construction worker and Lars panicked. Because maybe he thought he recognized him or or thought maybe he was some other, like a hitman or something. Who knows? Wow, this is bizarre. Okay, let's get into these theories, please. Okay. Well, there are numerous theories that are circulating around the internet, um, each offering its own interesting thought and, pers and perspective. Mm -hmm. um, one prevalent one explores the idea of someone who is after Lars, which raises the question, who and why? So it is possible that it stems from the whole bar fight related to football sort of thing. Right. But it's kind of hard to think someone like this would, or something like this would happen over something so trivial. Right. But then again, as I mentioned, football fans are known to be rather intense at times. So who knows? They take it very seriously. Very seriously and very personal, especially right. regarding my team versus your team or that team sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's almost religious to a point. Now, an alternative theory proposes that Lars might have delved into more shady circles during his stay at the Hotel Color, which aligns with another theory suggesting that maybe while he was on vacation, he was involved with drug smuggling as a mule. And it's a possibility that he might have actually unknowingly taken part in an operation and discovered it while he was already abroad. So it's also possible that Lars was under the influence of these said drugs leading to his erratic um, behavior and paranoia. Okay, I'm confused by that one. So he before he left, he was involved in this? Well, that's about four different theories, but they all kind of play on each other. So basically, he could have that the hotel color in the kind of shady part of town mm -hmm. gotten mixed up with some bad people. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, or he could have been taken part in drug smuggling as a mule. Okay. okay yep. Yeah. Or he could have unknowingly been a mule, like right. one of his friends or someone potentially stuffed drugs in his bag. And then he found out and was trying to refuse or something. And then that got him in trouble. Or maybe he was on certain drugs that caused the paranoia. And mm -hmm. behaviors. So that's about four different okay, theories yeah. <laughs> that play off each other, but yeah. could also be all theories on their own too. Okay. That's really interesting. 
Now, among the more plausible theories um, is one posing that Lars' condition extended beyond mere ruptured eardrum, as you mentioned, a concussion. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's what this idea actually talks about. It proposes that he might have experienced a minor concussion or another head injury in a shape or form, which accounted for his erratic conduct and heightened paranoia and just all his weird behaviors. I feel like that makes a lot of sense to me. It does, actually. And it could explain the dilated pupils and disorientation Absolutely, as well. Absolutely, yes. Now, counter to this, his family confirmed that he had no prior mental health issues, further deepening the mystery surrounding the whole disappearance and behaviors. But a concussion is certainly not off the table. Well, yeah, because if he didn't get like tested for it or tested properly when he went in and they just kind of figured, oh, it's just like the eardrum, but there really was something else going on, mm -hmm. it would almost explain all of this really i mean it doesn't necessarily explain where the heck he is at this moment in time or what happened to him after that footage but the paranoia and and just like not seeming like himself and stuff it could if you consider that maybe amnesia was another factor okay what do you mean by loss that? of memory okay Who he is where he is shit yeah but and then i guess too he could have just like even succumb to his injuries yep. or something, but then you think that his body would have been found. Hard to say. Huh. Okay. That one is sticking with me here. So all these theories do remain subjects of debate among a lot of experts and family members and of course, internet sleuths. Right. Um, though his mother, along with Bulgarian, German and medical professionals have considered the possibility that his odd behavior might have stemmed from an uncommon side effect um, from the antibiotic he was prescribed, which is called Ceprazil. Now, the there is one problem with this. The catch is that Dr. Kostoff contradicts this hypothesis by revealing that Lars, when he came into the, the hospital, the airport hospital to see him and mm -hmm. was questioning him about it, yeah. he had the prescription slip. He did not fill the prescription. He never took any of that medication. Oh, seriously? Seriously. He did not fill his prescription, according to this doctor. Oh. So theoretically, unless it was something illegal, he was not on any drugs or substances. Huh. Unless it was a really weird error where he maybe got the prescription, but then they didn't actually take the like the piece of paper. Well, maybe you know, maybe there was more to it. Maybe he talked to him and, and he confirmed that he wasn't on the medication, but the doctor stands by and says he did not fill that prescription. Huh. Okay. Can I just point out to how smart I am and that two of these <laughs> theories I have already came up with during the podcast? I'm just like going to pat myself on the back. Good job. Yeah. You better pat yourself hard enough that everybody can hear it right now. There you go. <laughs> that was a good pat. Um, so despite the extensive efforts by police, um, Lars Middank's fate remains completely unknown. Um, his mother, Sandra, uh, did all she could to help find her son. She enlisted services of a private investigator, um, one named Andreas Gutig. Um, so Andreas explored hospital records in his search to try and find unidentified patients who might match Lars's right. description. If he doesn't remember who the fuck he is and he has no identification. Exactly. Oh my gosh. But it yielded no results. Oh, okay. That is very unsettling. Okay. Yeah, because he left all yeah, his possessions in the doctor's office. Yeah, that is so office. awful. Yep. His 
poor, poor mother. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. So if he doesn't know who he is, there is no way of him finding out. Right. And it's just like kind of in hope that he like gets recognized or something, but like he's in a foreign, like a country that he's not from. Yep. Like if this happened to you when you were like at, in your home city or whatever, you know. But even still, depending on the population of your city, in our city is one thing. But if you go to like Toronto or Vancouver or well, something. Well, yeah, or, I was more so thinking our city, but geez. Yeah, big cities is a little different. Um, Yeah, so it's wild. Oh, no. I am like, yeah. Okay. Now, you also did touch on the idea on his uh, survival rate. Um, now, he did have a background in actor activities like hunting and fishing. Um, but survival of the harsh summer conditions compounded by limited access to food made his uh, survival rate rather slim. His mom does still hold on to hope, though, believing that maybe he is just suffering with memory loss and that that's the only reason why he hasn't come home yet. But this was 2014, hey? You betcha. So nine years oh, ago. Jeez. Now. There have been numerous alleged sightings of Lars in various countries that have emerged. None, however, have turned up anything. A notable sighting was in 2015 and involved a German truck driver offering a lift to a hitchhiker. The hitchhiker apparently bore a resemblance to a little bit of a more weathered Lars, sporting long hair and a beard, appearing fatigued and with prominent cheekbones. The driver reported it weeks after the encounter, and he reported it weeks after only because he had learned of Lars's case after picking up the hitchhiker. Oh, And geez. once he figured out the case and saw the resemblance, then reported it. Oh, so it's like if only he had known of this case before, hey? You betcha. So he picked up this individual in Dresden and took them to Schlido in I'm really going to butcher this pronunciation, Brandenburg and Brandenburg's Overhavel County, just okay. north of, just north of Berlin. Good work. Um, but nothing has come out of that sighting or any others since. Wow. I, I, this one has got me here. Holy. Yeah. So mom, Lars's mom still holds on to hope. She continues to post on social media about her missing son and puts flyers up when she can. Uh, she knows the chances of him being found, let alone alive, are slim, but still holds out hope that he will be found and can return home. Well, um, I mean, also, like, hopefully those posters and stuff that she's putting up has him looking like you had referred to it more weathered or whatever, right? I'm because sure that's she's like, putting up probably both actual photos of him and then maybe what composite he, sketches or something. might potentially actually look like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for everyone's information out there, especially if you are in the area, um, Lars Joachim Mittank was last seen wearing a yellow t-shirt, blue jean shorts, and white shoes. He stands about 180 centimeters or five foot nine tall and weighed around 85 kilograms or 185 to 187 pounds. He could be injured, disoriented, or have memory loss. He has brown eyes and a scar on his left forearm. If you have any information on Lars, you are urged to call authorities in Germany at 
491577-8300-896. You can also send an email to findet underscore Lars at web dot D. That's F-I-N-D-E-T underscore L-A-R-S at W-E-B dot D-E. And that is the story of Lars Mittank. Oh my goodness. So that being said, you need to watch the security footage. Okay. I'm like, I don't know if I can like process anything more. This, I don't know. Oh my goodness. This story is unbelievable to me. The fact that like his poor mom, I can't, I just can't stop thinking about that. Could you imagine someone, the story that someone like your son or, or like loved one literally just runs off and disappears and like yeah. nothing. And it's, it's so haunting if you watch the actual security I don't know footage. if I even want to. So the secure, the clip here is 55 seconds long. Um, in between him entering and exiting the airport, it was approximately 45 minutes that he was in the, the doctor's office for. So just heads up on that. Okay. So that shows him walking in with the yellow t-shirt and his two bags. Okay. So just watch. And we'll leave a, uh, a link down below so you guys can watch this video as well. If you haven't checked it out just yet, uh, we urge you to. It's, like I said, haunting. Oh my gosh. That is a man running for his life. Honestly, that one shot there, didn't he didn't seem like he looked all that panicked. Really? You don't think so? I don't know. Gosh, this is hard to tell. Some footage, some footage it kind of seems like he does, but then others it seems like he just is kind of like going for a stroll like that. He's not really what? in a super panic. Okay, I, I disagree with you there. I got to take a look again then. Okay. Let me see. Because it looked to me like, no, he's like just he, bolting. It didn't seem like he was full out running like as fast as he could or anything. He's not looking behind him or anything. Well, yeah, he ain't looking back. He's just gone. I don't know. I feel like if I was afraid for my life, though, I'd be looking back. But maybe that's just me. Oh, I think what you're watching is, oh, I guess once he exits the building, he looks a little more casual for sure. Kind of, yeah. But um, inside the building, he's definitely, he's, he's sprinting through the building. But outside, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's more of a... Inside the building, he did seem like he was a bit more shook. But then outside, it didn't seem like it as much. But then also, it's if he's not in a... Like, if he wasn't panicked, why would he go out across the highway into a field, into Climbing a, fence, a fence, into the woods? Without any of his shit. I don't know. That that um didn't help me in any way with thinking this story is really fucked <laughs> <laughs> to, like i have no other words to just to describe this wow i would love 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 for him to be found oh definitely oh my gosh yeah and huh. the, the internet has gone over every frame of that footage every ounce of his story you name it he is as i mentioned he's the most uh famous missing person so do you actually think that his face and his name and and everything is really all that, like it's a big, like pe most people are aware of it. Most people are aware of the man who went missing and ran from the airport. 
most people know that his name or his story his appearance. but like they they know the clip they know that mm-hmm. but maybe like elisa lamb her her name and story is a little more prevalent i think yeah but that clip is easily the most famous as far as missing people go yeah i mean but then how many people i mean if they were walking past this person on the street or or seeing them in person would they you know be able to know tell or would it clue in their brain that oh my gosh this could be him i don't think so i think it has to be someone who's actively um looking at the photos actively searching or researching yeah i bet you if i in a week time walk actually i bet you tomorrow if i walked by a weathered (laughs) yeah mars i probably wouldn't recognize him yeah that's the thing and i spent the last like two days researching this case yikes so it almost just seems like it's just this this oh this haunting feeling of just like like feeling so helpless for him. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's exactly it. Helpless for him and helpless for his family. Because technically, okay, technically say he did survive and that was him who the truck driver had picked up, right? Yeah. Um but then at this point something else has happened or something or he's passed away. And like, no, like his body would not have been identified. Correct. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is just too much. Unless someone had the know about to search, to cross-reference maybe his dental records and missing persons reports and stuff like that. Yeah. Which I do hope would occur. But it's sometimes, hopefully, hopefully, I don't know if shit like that just naturally occurs though, when they have an unidentified body. Hard to say. I think it's going to depend on the situation because unfortunately, I think if it becomes, if we're talking homeless population, I think the likelihood of them cross-referencing is probably lessened and that's very sad to say. Yeah. But if they just come across just, hey, a random dead person that doesn't seem homeless or anything, Mm -hmm. then maybe, maybe so. Wow. Wow. This story is something else. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You are all kinds of just wrapped up in your head right now. I, I really am. Eyes. Yeah. I'm literally about to eat snacks right now because I think I'm about to stress eat, but it's like, I can't eat snacks while we're talking. <laughs> so my goodness. I your don't know. eyes are just darting back and forth like you're they looking. They are. This all one over. is very, this is kind of probably one of the most disturbing ones that I've listened to. Really? Because I kind of have a bit of OCD. Right? Yes, I you, would. You I would, would know that. I don't know if any everyone on here would know that. I can confirm but it's, that. It's like I could not fucking imagine that being someone I knew, and and this this is just this. Like I just don't think that I could go on living my life like not having a clue. Well, and I think that's why he is the most famous missing person because the idea of him running from the fucking airport. And just gone, gone is so baffling. It's like poof, and just so strange, and just awestruck. Yeah, that's even a word. But jaw dropping, I guess. I I don't know. That is a word. I think. Yeah. Holy moly. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, that's the story of Lars Mittank. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I. I, Nicole's gonna be paralyzed in thought for the rest of the night. So this is gonna be funny. I don't know if it is. 
I mean, I could see some like internet sleuths just spending some serious time on this, oh, eh? People have. You yeah, betcha. because I would be so freaking pumped if like he was found. Like that would, and like then was able to kind of like get the help or whatever that he needed if he had like memory loss or whatever. Like that would just be a freaking miracle and so amazing. Yep, you betcha. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, hopefully you guys are not as distraught as Nicole right now. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Um, if you want to check out any of our links, they're down below. We got Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, website, all of it's down there. You name it. Feel free to check it out. Um, Patreon, if you want to go support us that way. If you want to just listen here, we really appreciate that. That goes a long way. You can go ahead and give us a, a rating too. That means a lot. Um, basically, just thank you. You guys are wicked. Couldn't be doing this without you. So thank you. And just because I'm distraught doesn't mean I didn't enjoy the show. I, know. I just need to point that out. There. I know. But anyway, ditto to everything Ben said. Thank <laughs> you so much for being here. We really do appreciate Way you. Way to take easy street. Ditto. 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 And until <laughs> next week. Stay wicked. Stay wicked.